April 9, 2023. It's the Watch for Pedro Show. <laughs>
for Pedro show. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, mate. Easter Sunday. Yeah, glad to have you aboard again, Tim. This time we're going to celebrate this new album you got called Zen, which I got to be part of. Thank you very much. Let's tell the people what we started off with. Naima is John Coltrane. Live in Japan, July 17, 1966. Kobe, Japan. At the Kobe, I should say Kobe. (laughs) Kobe Ko. Kusai Hall, not Kusai, <laughs> Kokusai. <laughs> that means like a, a bad smell. <laughs> so we don't want. Okay. Uh, after that, yeah, from the new album from Tim Hohouse. Album's called Zen, but this actually is the secret track that nobody knows about until they get the fucking record. Yeah. Now I feel calm. Which is the most fucking calm track on the record. Not. Anyway, you better than anybody else, Brother Tim. You can fucking enlighten people to what this fucking album's all about. Oh, right, yeah. Well, that track, actually, that track is actually all the tracks layered on top of each other. Would you believe? Sure, I'd believe anything. (laughs) <laughs> because I got to tell I mean, you, the way I I dealt with it, because I had no backstory. I didn't even know what the words were. I just listened to what you gave me. You Actually, you just said, play a tune or two. And when I started getting into it, I said, fuck it. I'm going to play on the whole album. Yeah. If, if he'll that. have me. Was, if he'll was, have me. I didn't I didn't demand that. It was, it was no dictator move. It was just like I no, was. No, 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 no at all. It was really appreciated, actually. Um, and, and you brought some, like, really interesting melody lines and ideas to what well, was already a very interesting album. Yeah, so Zen Zen basically started out as an idea of, like, it's some sketches that I did on, uh, like, an iPad with um, MIDI stuff, just trying to mess around while bored on planes and buses and stuff while on tour. And then it sort of grew legs and, like, put guitars on it and then kind of decided screaming might kind of work on occasionally and then getting some guests on like uh Leval and Ian Mark Perry who goes under Frank Foyt who's also the record label boss so it was kind of like it was one of those it just sort of started out as just something sort of something I was doing and then obviously we had all the lockdowns so um I was doing an album a month for um for about nine months I think it was and that was one of them. Okay, we, we got to enlighten the listeners to the fact that Mr. Mark Perry is from Alternative Ooh. Television, an incredible band from the 70s, uh, the the punk movement part of the 70s, people. And because uh, what ain't against that? It's the other part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, okay, Title Zen. Was it early right. or at the end of the day when you had the collection of tunes? Uh, it was actually, yeah, it was actually kind of. Uh actually kind of it's a very tongue-in-cheek title obviously because it's not a very zen album at all but it's based uh some of the lyrics are based off of a book called the little book of calm and i thought it would be really funny to like have this completely very on zen very hectic album and call it zen and like oh based around the little book of calm and one of the formats that it's come out in is two mini cds with a little book of little book of zen yeah I mean, I ain't expert on this thing, but a little bit I know one of the big 
technique strategies in Zen is this uh, idea of the koan, right? K-O-A-N. It's kind of a riddle that can't yeah. be answered. So some of your tunes are kind of Zen-like. Yeah. And Watts, Watts yeah, oh, kinda, most yeah, uh, fucking uh, idiot opinion. I'm not, I'm not trying to come from an expert thing, but I do this idea of the koan, the, because I, I guess it's supposed to... It's kind of Tao, but it's also kind of this idea, well, you'll stay awake if you don't think you have the answer and you got to keep thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also like, I I mean, I used to be in like uh, pretty heavy bands and scream and stuff. And I t- I'll tell you what, after having all that screaming, doing all that screaming, I've never felt so calm. I was get it out on stage, just leave it all on stage. So it is a kind of Zen to sort of do something heavy like that. And you do feel like... I feel a little bit better after that. Yeah, got it all out. Okay, we're going to play the whole fucking thing. I think I played one tune a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, but we're going to play all the rest of it here, including that fucking hidden track, people. But uh, let's hear what is this noise?
There's a hole in my 
white shirt. Green light, white shirt. I thank you for your kind indulgence.
in your balls And pretty soon you're gonna be destroyed Cause her loving will kill a normal man So hang in there buddy
Wofford Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Tim Hohouse off his new album, Zan. What is this? What is that noise? Not this, <laughs> not this noise. It's too specific. Or maybe it wasn't specific enough. Number two, hand number two. Uh, this is John First? Yeah, brand new from him. Uh, Shadow Animals after that. That's uh, Brother Jason from Cutthroat Brothers. Uh, with some kind of prod she just did with like a whole band. Yeah. Fucking uh, uh, no Donnie Paycheck. It's a new crew. Uh, After that, Tim Holhouse from the new album, Zan. The Plague Has Begun, which is probably first what you were talking about with uh, these knockdown uh, lockdown words. Death. This is a tune from uh, a live version from a band Long time ago, I got this ten-inch crispy ambulance. You know, it's, uh, maybe vinyl fetish up in Hollywood. Uh, Henry and Joseph on Melrose, and uh, I guess they got back together and did some gigs. And uh, this is like a, a live version in two thousand three. I, I I know it from early eighties. You know, but all, always tripped me out this tune, especially the lyrics. And I want to get into your lyrics because this is the next one. Was the title track, Zan, off of Zan, Tim Holhouse. After that, Tribune Aluda with uh, Erony, Sonic Prophets, Benji in North Carolina, Too Late, Tim Holhouse, again off the new album, Zan. This machine is broken. And it's got an exclamation part, point like or mark, like if you didn't need to know that, but, you know, got the brevity there. And, uh, yeah, a lot of tunes on this record, people, like 18, 19 tunes. Yeah. Uh, uh, like yeah, a, 19 with a secret track, isn't right, it? Right, right. Like, in 33 minutes. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, sort of like Minuteman record or Wire record. Yeah. Pink Flag. Yeah. Balk after that with uh, the low end of potential. You know, we're always striving to achieve that, aren't we, people? The <laughs> library is on fire. Yeah, Mark Five's is going to be on the show next week. The uh, visionary embolist, right? I guess embolist is catu- to make a point, right? Lights himself on fire. Finally, Tim Holhouse, Linda McCartney's Sausage Grinder Blues. So I got to get this straight, Brother Tim. You said yeah. this record was inspired by you with the iPad and, and what you, you, many people is some kind of a standard that electronic, you, uh, they developed in the 70s, so electronic instruments could talk with each other. I think it's music yeah. interface, something kind of, yeah, some kind mm. of standard anyway, so they could talk. You know it, it's got like mm. the little half moon, five pin, roundy kind of port, right? Except it probably goes yeah, over yeah, USB yeah. these days. So but, but, so you're, you're, you're like sketching out instructions for pewters, like sequencers, drum machines? Yeah, basically it's just... Garage band on an iPad. Um, I doodle on it and like um, I get bored very easily. I guess is the uh, is the simplest thing uh, to say. And, and so I kind of always want to create stuff. So I'm always like doodling on the iPad or, or even on my phone. That sometimes these days and I've got this Garage Band app on the because uh, on on well every every and, yeah every app comes with it free right 
So that's why yeah, yeah. nobody's got an excuse not to make fucking full on albums, people. Because <laughs> it's right. Yeah. In fact, I, I mean, had a cat I, named Barry out of Tel Aviv make a whole fucking album without even instruments, right? He used the virtual things on his leash. Not even the iPad, yeah. like on the fucking iPhone. So let me get this straight. You're actually making music by making these instructions. So, you know, when I understand doodling, I, I think of little, like, drawings. But these actually translate into what became Zen. Yeah, yeah, so, like, you sort of program little beats and stuff. And I, I've been always been really fascinated with how things work, like how songs work. And so I was kind of obsessed with, like, on this one, I was definitely obsessed with sort of how Aphex Twin stuff works and how... I saw you once. I saw him up in West Hollywood at that club Johnny Depp had. Oh, Viper right. Room. Yeah. The, yeah, somebody told me about... Brother Matt told me about, hey, drum and bass. So I was like, yeah, especially that bass part. But yeah, I love drums too. And it was this one guy with a lot of machines. And yeah. uh, very fast, <laughs> impossible to play kick drum patterns, man. I mean, it was a mind blow. But it, it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be a, a drummer and a bassist. Shows to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, don't, uh, the drum and bass movement in the UK, yeah. It was like, there was stuff like Ronnie Size, which also I find kind of interesting. Well, uh, let let me ask you about this, Brother Tim. You know, this whole idea of genre and having to give things labels, when to me, like, I've, you know, I'm 65 years old now, and I've evolved or whatever, maybe de-evolved into the understanding of music is music. And, and I fucking kind of hate labels and genre names. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I know. I get you. I get you. It's 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 all a device to... Because you, so, I've got, I've played so much of, I've played so much mm. of your music on the show that it's such a variety. Mm. Oh, I just, I'm just like a huge music fan like yourself. Like, uh, I, I really just love music and I love making it and I also love listening to it and discovering new stuff and I think that that is probably the most important thing especially in these days with internet and you can discover anything really and it's always really nice when you come upon something you've never heard before and it blows your mind so uh, somebody played me a thing called Igor it's got like three R's on it and it was just blew my mind it was just sort of a bit of everything in one and it's all these like polyrhythmic and um, crazy sort of 17, 18 time signatures changing into different time signatures. And it was just sort of so meticulously put together and kind of mind-blowing. It was so much information all at once. I just love it. And I, I, I just, I'd never heard of it. I just, my, uh, the drummer in uh, Gavial, who uh, the German band I, I play with sometimes, just played me this thing, Igor. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I love this. Good tunes is good tunes at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, especially having the, the quote dilemma, unquote, of not being able to put a fucking label on it. And it just blowing your yeah. fucking mind just because it does. Look, yeah. we're at the end of the first hour. April 9, 2023, Dish Watt Peter Show. Special guest, Tim Holhouse. Hold time for hour two. April 9, 2023, it's the second hour of Watt Pedro Show.
si lo es, que si lo es, escoge bien tus batallas, cuando no se cree en nada se tiende a creer en cualquier cosa, escoge bien tus batallas, cuando no se cree en nada se tiende a creer en cualquier cosa, cualquier cosa, cualquier cosa, cualquier cosa. Tenebrosas, neodiosas, neodiosas ¿Por quienes cavar más cosas? Dejar de creer en tu paz Dejar de creer en la paz Cuando no se cree nada Se tiende a creer en cualquier cosa Cualquier cosa
for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with uh, Tim Holhouse from new album Zan. What's up with that? It's got a little phonetic spelling there, people. Just help us, you know. English is don't ever go by pronounced by spelling, people. How do you get the fucking word ice? Oh, because it's like nice without an N. Right. Okay, understood. Alexander Hack after that. Part of his big piece about the imaginary young, well, I guess he's in his 30s by now, Berlin. Uh, music, sir, and Spannung. Neusuk after that with the behavior of the rat. Diego Lorenzi with Kulakir Cosa. Uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. A little biblical for uh, Easter Sunday here. From the new <laughs> album Zen, Tim Hoyles. Uh, the Big Gloom. This is a demo from Have a Nice Life. They put an album of all their demos, right? What about double dipping on your music, people? You put out the album, then later you put out the demo, the album of the demos. <laughs> okay, round two. Tim Whole House, again. This one's got a lot of A's. Ah, it's real. A lot of exclamation marks. Tim Ohouse. Ca- casual in the final word with Black Sun. And finally, again from Zen, Tim Ohouse. No sleep to Montreal. Got to play for them Quebecois. Yeah. Could, can, you notice, can you notice that they're French in the French in Spain? Uh, not Spain, in France. is like way different. They laugh. It's like a couple hundred years of evolution <laughs> got missed or something. Yeah, it's, it's trippy. Yeah, I, I, I speak, I, I speak at, well, not huge amounts, but because uh, I was just recently in France and uh, on tour and I, I did realize how exposed and bad my French is. But yeah, well, I, I understand a little bit of French French, but when I'm in Montreal, it's just like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on here. I know that a big cuss word there is tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, when you write a song, and, mm. and maybe you talk to some cat about it, do you say, "Look, mm. man, that's why I wrote the song. I don't have to. I don't really want to talk about it." Or are you one of these guys? Yeah, I wrote it, and now I'll talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to talk about what inspired stuff, but I do like people to kind of. This is why I don't appear in my own music videos. I like to give like. Um, for the official music videos anyway, I like to give people the song and go, yeah, I want to see what you make of it, like what you make of the video. But, uh, I mean, something like No Sleep Till Montreal, that was actually just, I was sat at LaGuardia Airport for 12 hours and I I hadn't slept because actually, weirdly, um, last time we spoke, a few days after you, um, you had the USA as a Monster on and I was actually out with Colin from USA as a Monster and he was like, "Oh, there's no no point in uh, going to bed. You might as well. We might as well just drop you at the airport because my flight was like six a.m. from Laguardia to Montreal. So I was playing a festival up there. And uh, so Colin sort of drops me at the airport, and then the plane got cancelled. And then I was on like standby for like twelve hours, and I finally got <laughs> so I hadn't slept. So I was actually just writing the tune. And that's why it's called No Sleep Till Montreal because I was waiting to go to Montreal. Yeah." Don't be looking for uh, any hooks from that Beastie Boys. Similar time. <laughs> but but it, uh, you documented actual, tr- it's a true story. Yeah, so sometimes true story. sometimes for you, a tune 
is kind of a document of a moment, a diary entry. Yeah, I, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of I like I write a lot, which not all of it makes it out into the public domain, surprisingly, because the amount of stuff I release. But um, I write a lot. I probably write something daily, whether it be like an electronic thing or whether it be a guitar thing or like some words down. And not all of it like makes it into the public domain. But I do like to sort of try and write something and keep something creative every day because it keeps my mind sharp. Sure, absolutely. Uh, what about this? Yeah. Right, I think the aphorism is, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. <laughs> so it. what about what about Grinder and the Finder? Grinder and the Finder, that was just a ridiculous title for a ridiculous song. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you about, like... after we listen to this chunk of music, I'm going to ask you about titles. Let's listen. Yeah, yeah.
up the plate. Carry it to the kitchen. Put it in the sink. Long black evenings. The slough and sim are rote. November, December.
For a number of years, my auto mechanic colleagues and I frequently pondered just why the German automobiles from our era were often intractably difficult to perform repair procedures on, which in contrast were tasks quite easily accomplished on other makes. Theories abounded, ranging from the ridiculous to the sublime. Responses from German mechanics typically resulted in the ambiguous, if not somewhat condescending, reply, because it works better that way. It wasn't until I questioned a journeyman mechanic from the old country who was actually willing to define exactly what it was that I felt I got an understandable answer. You see, at the time those vehicles were being produced, the German workforce was very compartmentalized. Everyone had their job, and it wasn't considered proper to branch out into an area that fell outside one's job description and into another's. But beyond those rules of engagement, if one really wanted to help their fellow Deutschmen and it was in their power to do so, they might actually create additional work for their countrymen by producing a design guaranteed to add complexity and therefore labor time to a given task. Besides just increasing the manual complexity of a procedure, it was additionally helpful if special proprietary tools and knowledge would also be needed to accomplish a task, providing additional work in the manufacturing and technical sectors. Not to be ignored were the brilliant marketers, which had to be recruited and employed to sell the entire well-heeled consumer world on the idea that all of this additional complexity and cost would actually result in a superior product that stood head and shoulders above the rest. Engineered like no other car in the world would then have a mission objective benefiting the entire planet. As it turned out, the Japanese scuttled all of this brilliant orchestration with the introduction of what was an arguably equal, if not superior, luxury car which dispensed with what they considered to be needless complexity, offering it at just over half the price of the comparable Teutonic model. of a coffee shop, waving my hand from side to side underneath the sensor for the paper towel dispenser, in hopes that at some point it will trigger the electric motor within to turn appropriately and provide me with the needed material to dry my hands. My efforts prove fruitless. Is the dispenser's battery dead? The electric motor burnt out? The sensor and its electronics out of calibration? Or maybe the unit is just out of paper? It doesn't matter at this point because by now my hands have air dried enough to call it good and I proceed with my exit. Lately, I've been taking some time to ponder the actual reason for the electrification and computerization of our modern world interface. Are all of the electric automobiles with their plethora of inherent electric gadgets like automated door closures, seat and steering column adjusters, parallel parking systems, parking brakes, yes, we can't call them emergency brakes anymore since they only operate when parking. And don't forget the subtly intrusive nav systems and involuntarily lethal autopilot systems. 
are all of the motorcycles, bicycles, scooters, unicycles, power tools, garden equipment, door openers, children's toys, dog collars, even home air fresheners. And don't forget those paper towel dispensers. Not to mention all the decades-old electric technologies still in use. Really, what the world needs for us to properly get along. Proponents would answer yes, citing the oft-repeated mantra of the need to increase safety when performing routine tasks, along with reducing the amount of greenhouse gases being released into the atmosphere while doing so. While safety is unquestionably important, one has to consider the enormous progress we have already made over the last century in this area. Electric light is certainly, at the very least, handy and we no longer have to hand crank our own automobiles to start them, so maybe that electric starter technology is worth keeping. And on the art side of things, who can argue against the practical beauty of an electric guitar? That would be the one with passive, not battery-powered active pickups. Now as far as the environment is concerned, certainly reducing the emissions of greenhouse gases is a worthy goal. Nevertheless, much of the modern electric technologies are replacements for tasks that were previously accomplished safely enough, but with manual effort only, requiring no outside power source of any kind and emitting no greenhouse gases in the process. Not being likely that flatulence could result from the performing of these manual tasks, unless lengthy, complicated, and expensive studies could prove otherwise, I think it's safe to say that the already established old way would be the greener and far less complex option. As far as those technologies that replace internal combustion engines, well, there's a step in the right direction, in theory. Unfortunately, one has to consider the amount of energy needed to charge the battery packs powering these units up, how that power will be generated, and just how much work could actually be performed on a single charge. If, for instance, the diesel-driven generators and railway locomotives were exchanged for battery packs, just how efficiently would they be able to move freight across the country? The same could be said for the long-haul trucking fleet. And what if the whole world was converted to this technology? So much energy needed, so little of it green. And then there's the battery packs. Where is the world going to get a sufficient supply of the rare materials they are made of? and at whose cost. Engineered like no other society in the world, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that society reacts when the answer to this question becomes apparent.
For Pedro Show, start off that chunk of music with Tim Hoehouse from new album Zan, Grinder and the Finder. Then we had out of Chicago, Death Tape Super Bass with Subwoop. Tim Hoehouse again, brand new off of Zan. Towers. Also, a bunch of fucking line coming, a noise coming over the line there, Brother Tim. Oh, sorry. Agrodolce. Take the K out of punk rock. You got pun rock, people. And Hiver. Plain Twins, Tim Hoehouse, off of Zan. If six and seven, eight, nine. M Mountain offense, that brother Philip Mammoth. This is the ESP version and uh, definitely inspired by Jimmy. Finally, Tim Hoehouse, Glitch in the Gremlin. So when do the titles come? Last or first? Or does it depend? It, it depends sometimes. I think some of them, certainly on this album, some of them were just like uh, titles that I'd made up just to, so that I could like put it in a file and didn't lose it. And then I was kind of like, right, I'm just going to write around that theme. Some of them are a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, if you know the band The Locust, uh, Justin Pearson's band. They lost their uh, drumming. Yeah. So there's, there's, that was there's, I got um, to do some gigs with that drummy. Um, I, I I can't think of his name right now, but this guy was really good. Oh yeah, Gabe. Gabe's Gabe, the drummer. absolutely. Yeah. He also played for a little yeah. while with uh, that ladies' band. Uh, man, my memory sometimes. She's been doing stuff with Omar from uh, at the drive-in. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, great, the butcherettes, butcherettes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so go on. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, no, no. I was, I say, I love, I love uh, Omar as well. I love like, Omar. But yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of the Locust. Um, uh, it's, it's kind of nice when uh, a few, a few months ago. Well, no, it's a year ago now. But Justin sent me a, a nice uh, message because uh, he so, somehow he got. Well, I, I sort of know the band called the Schizophrenics had passed on my best of album to yeah, him. Yeah, they, they've been well. on the show. San Diego Cats, which the Locusts yeah. are too. Really good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schizophrenics, absolutely wonderful. One incredible live show. Um, but yeah, Locusts have been a big fan, and I always really like their titles. They have like these very tongue-in-cheek titles. Like the half-eaten sausage will see you in his office and stuff like that, and I have always like liked that sort of thing. So I thought when I was doing this album, especially, there's definitely influences from the Locust. So I was like, why not? Let's just do some kind of funny titles. So, so the Linda McCartney sausage grinder one is is because Linda McCartney sausages are vegan, and I'm a vegan. But it was just imagine if they were like in it. They were made in a meat grinder still, but they're vegan sausages. The big slurry, right? I'll tell you, yeah. a cat from England with a funny titles. It's a one-man band. This dude's a bass a man who sings and works his bass. Uh, Puppet Midnight. I got Howie Reeve turned me on to him. And uh, he's got some hilarious titles. And also here in SoCal, there's a cat named Pete with a project called Noisuka. Some of these titles have like 100 words. <laughs> <laughs> but that one of the reasons I ask that I ask a lot of people on the show that because I'm curious because I have to start with the title like you said you use it as a placeholder or something I use it for like something to rally around to focus mm. yeah so but almost everybody I ask it's probably the last thing added before the bass I'm... part <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's like sometimes it's the first thing. Sometimes it's a lot. I, I, I write in a very scattergun approach. Uh, sometimes a riff will come and then that will develop into something and then I'll do the words. Sometimes I have the words and put the tune to the words. Uh, sometimes I like say like something electronic and I'll I'll call it, you know, grinder and the finder. And then I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah. So that's what I'm going to write about the lyrics about uh, grinding things up and things like that so it's just it's 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 quite sort of it's quite a scattergun approach i used to writing i don't i don't ever have like a hard and fast rule and i've never done that i've always just kind of like just see what comes and 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 i as i say i write so much that i throw so much away and there's like hard drives and hard drives that sat looking at a couple of them just now filled with like ideas that have never made it into something no they're waiting they're waiting they're being patient yeah yeah exactly might might develop into something you never know no that's right it's sort of like a fermented fruit (laughs) yeah (laughs) look we're at the end of the second hour april 9 2023 this is why special guest tim whole house hold tight for our three april 9 2023 it's the third hour of the walk for pedro show
for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Tim Holhouse from his new album Zen. This is Christmas Made Simple. Who is it? Some first lady here. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about Christmas? Right. I guess got chart and put in charge of Christmas. Thought it was like a, a yeah, like playing right I'm field Melania. lily. Melania, Maybe yeah. it's like like yeah, like having to play bass in your buddy's band, right? Like somebody's got to do it. Fuck it. <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, but then you don't know. <laughs> Crypto phaser after that, October 83. Whoa, more 80s. Oh, nostalgia. That that snare drum sound, not nostalgic for. Oh, my God. Good bass man. Uh, what's his name? Clark. 
No, uh, Andy? Who's the guy in Duran Duran? John? He was great, a good bass man, but that snare drum sound. Ooh. Oh. Tim Hohouse, after that new album, Zen. Tune, Revolving and Revolting. The Hatch from Hokkaido, after that. Big uh, North Island in Japan, in September. Finally, Tim Hohouse. A Locust in the Boiler Room. Maybe thinking of that San Diego band. That's right, Gabe. His name is Gabe. He's great, great. And, and I, let, let, let's tell the listeners, let's enlighten them to the fact that Locust used to wear some fucking intense stage outfits, people. I don't know how they played with that shit on, like over the face and everything. Yeah, with the masks. And yeah, stuff, yeah, 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 right. Masks and shit. Yeah, they were, they were fucking great, great band. Really incredible band. And, uh, Lovely guys as well. Like I've met Justin and uh, I met Gabe, and they were both really, really nice, nice people as well. Yeah, that's proving like you do this horrible, nasty music, you get a lot of zen out of it because you get, get, you get, get, get a lot of calm. Yeah, you put it out all out there on the stage, I guess. And the only thing left is nicest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A little purge. A little purge. Uh, when you get the urge, you gotta give them the urge. So revolving and revolting. Mm. Yeah, that re thing, huh? Mm. Yeah, that was that was like just uh, yeah. It was just because it was. It sounds like it's spinning, and I was like revolving and revolting. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's one with uh, our mutual friend Lebel on it as well. Lebel, we're gonna have him on in July. Yeah. He told me he's gonna get another batch of stuff ready. Uh, he's on a couple things. See, this is another thing. I had no knowledge of this kind of shit, right? You brought yeah. me the music, and then I learned the details. I'm kind of glad you did it that way. Because then you yeah. let the music speak to itself, and I reacted without any other shit to get in the way, like premeditated ideas or sh- silly stuff. Yeah, I kind of, I wanted to kind of like sort of build it around ideas and friends and collaborators. So you've got labels on I love Lee, and I think his his latest record is absolutely amazing. And I actually appear on Lee's latest record as well myself. Um, um, and he's on our real records, which is Ian Mark Perry, aka Frank Voigt. Um, he's also on a couple of tracks. I, I usually try and bully if I do something electronic, bully uh, my record label boss to be on something. And then my Canadian record label bosses are also on it, Stacy and. Chris from Bad Egg. Uh, yourself, I've got Chris from Project Mork, who are an incredible band from the UK. Well worth checking out, Project Mork. Uh, one of my favourite bands. They sort of, yeah, they're another band who just do a bit of everything, and I kind of like them for that. Uh, yeah, I think that's all the guests on there. But yeah, I just kind of like, I just started building it in a sort of very scattergun approach, really, just to kind of see how it came out. And then, like, then the, actually the hard part was mixing it, doing all the mixing, because it's such an intense record and I put all these ingredients in and I wanted to make them all then work properly. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, some things take more than one try. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. You can, you know what I mean? And and sometimes it's well worth it. I think you can overdo things, but you can Mm. underdo things too. So it's, it's trippy to know Mm. about that stuff. It's sort of like chow. I guess you got to taste it, see if it makes you make, uh, get you sick or, Makes you healthy. I want to play a cheeky little number. You 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 said something. Che- oh, you said tongue in cheek. 
But I've learned in England when cheeky, that that means yeah, kind of smart. Somebody saying something kind of smart ass, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of smart ass. Okay, let's
Live from Pedro's show, last music for this edition, people. Started the whole chunk off. Tim Hoehouse from his new Zen album called Cheeky Little Number. And then we had more of this, you know, Noisuke is so good with the titles. I I thought, man, oh, no. First I put on, uh, yeah, yeah, the dew in the morning, the rain in the afternoon, the campfire at night. This is Death Will Occur. Then I had some more Noisuke with Time Study, man. Finally, Tim Hoehouse. Chaos Theory. And I think Chaos Theory kind of played into this album. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's very um, very chaotic. It was uh, it was just like throw a lot of things, ingredients in, and then like stir it up and see what comes out. And then, yeah, the, as I say, it, it's one of the few records I've done. I do, I do occasionally do this, and I'll do it in my home studio where I'm sat now, and I will record it, mix it, and do it all myself. But... Quite often, I get other people to produce me, and it was this was one where I was like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix this and do this all myself." And it was like I threw so many ingredients in. It was just like where to start for the mixing, where to unpick, and like put it all together. Really, that's why it's taken a bit longer than I, I hoped. Well, but like yeah, uh, Mr. Wells learned this right. There's no wine. We will sell no wine before it's time. Yes, so, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? It, it takes what it takes, and. Yeah, I think that's okay. And but what's the plan now to tour it? Um, not this record. This is a this is a studio only record. This is uh, okay. Explain I'm, that because you're a man yeah. who tours a lot, and so I would figure to tour a lot you need a lot of material. But this this you ain't going to play material from this album. I uh, know this one. This one I'm leaving very much as a studio album. I I, I have done some electronic stuff live. Uh, I've done some of the tracks from Lost, uh, the previous album that you, you played stuff off of. Um, but I, I, I predominantly tour with a guitar, so uh, like an acoustic guitar, electric guitar. And um, so this one is is like a curiosity one. This is this is like a little, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of I, I don't know how to do it live as well. There's so much going on. So I, I feel like this is this is going to be a studio only album. Okay, maybe I was um, clumsy well, I, with I, my I, question. Let me let let me tell. You. I, I knew you weren't going to try to recreate this because I know your mo. You, yeah. You're your man alone guy. You t- tour pretty yeah. econo and stuff. What I thought was maybe you would like have some kind of like road versions of these songs. Maybe I uh, knew you weren't going to yeah. try to recreate it. You know. Um, no, I do, yeah, I don't have any road versions of any of these these songs. And I, I, really, I actually just, I literally just got back yesterday from Manchester Punk Festival. So I'm uh, you say man alone, but I just I just did uh, I've just done the first two shows with the new backing band, uh, the Escape Ghosts. Ah, oh, you do have a backing band now, okay? Yeah. So what's yeah, that so, like? Um, what's that like? Yeah, it was. It's been really fun. It's it's kind of it's going to be the next album, which is called Year, which is out on the first of January. And uh, it's more kind of guitar, guitar, bass, guitar, bass, drums sort of stuff. There's a little bit of violin in there. Uh, it's got a bit of a, you know, Seattle in uh, 1991 sound, shall we say, um, to it. But it's, yeah, it's it's like rock and roll. And I've got my best friend on, uh, on bass, um, who was also in my 90s band, Nova Star, way back, my friend... Uh, uh, Jay Francis Harvey and uh, he's like one of my bestest friends and uh, 
And funnily enough, he's playing the bass that um, my friend Vincent built for me. That I, I don't know if you saw any pictures online, but a friend of mine, Vincent Slegers, built me a bass guitar. From, yeah, you from sent scratch. me a. Um, you sent me a photo. And, yeah, I think I sent you a photo, didn't I? Yeah. Good job, oh. thank you, Jason. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I. Who, I who's I, the drummy? Got to got to mention the drummy. They get overlooked way too much. Oh, the drummer. So the drummer on the record is a guy called Pete Wright, who's uh, from a band called Ducking Punches and Matilda and Scoundrels. Um, but the drummer we're playing live with is a guy called Howard Lane, and he's a lovely guy. He's um, he sort of jumped in where we we lost we lost the original drummer quite quickly, um, and. Howard just sort of answered an ad on Facebook and it turns out he's one of the nicest guys I've worked with. And uh, one of the funniest things about the Escape Ghosts is that, um, so our lead guitar player, she's only 25 and Howard is 60, uh, the drummer. So we've got like an absolutely beautiful like age range. I'm the second youngest at 46 in the band. It's crazy. No, it's more like real life. Rock and roll is a youth thing. That was marketing shit in the 50s. Yeah, exactly. Music is music. Look, can I ask you, will you come back on the show when this record comes out? We'll play all the songs and talk about it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm always happy to come on and chat to you. So you're you're not only a fantastic human being, but also one of my musical influences from way back. So... Really, really love chatting to you. Okay, and can't wait to come back, and I can't wait to hear this full band thing and a new <laughs> stage. But bringing the cat from the old days—that's really interesting. I can't, can't wait. <laughs> okay, people. So keep your uh, keel in the water there, and safe seas with all your gigging and stuff. Best of luck, truly, brother Tim. Oh, thanks so much, Mike. Thanks people, so much for having me on. April 9, twenty twenty-three. Just watch Peter. She'll keep your powder dry.